That's us. We're live. Hello, Mark. Hey. Fantastic. Thank you for joining. It's uh, a balmy night here in Berlin, so I hope it's a little bit cooler where you, wherever you are. Yeah. Th thanks for having me in the first place. Of course. Um, My pleasure. Thank you for, for, for agreeing well, to not, join. It's not really cool here, I have to say. Because, uh, um, well, Berlin is not too far away, although it's still 700 kilometers. But uh, um, I have to say uh, it's been crazy hot here, at least for the Netherlands. The past yeah, weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I checked the weather for this weekend. It says it's going to be 35 degrees. And I was like, I'm out. And that, that this is, well, when I say out, I mean, I mean like at home, staying at home, probably in the basement. Well, I, things are getting a bit better, I would say, here, because um, actually it started raining every now and then, which drastically cools things down. Although some people might not say rain is better, but some some rain is, is a good thing. <laughs> I'm English. I always think rain is better. This is fine for me, you know. A group, a group on the coast, you know. Yeah, exactly. And Europeans don't have air conditioning. Well, that's true. That is true. <laughs> Other than, you know other than what, our cars, you know? <laughs> you do know what electricity costs in Europe. <laughs> that's a good point, mate. It's a good point. Yeah. Even when I put this, I have this fan behind me sometimes, even when I got that switched on, I'm like, am I using too much electricity? I'm just like thinking of the, the meter turning downstairs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, mate, do you want to give yourself a quick introduction? Um, well, it seems that we have some echo. An echo? Really? Everyone else getting that? Because I hear... I get nothing. Fine, but... Yeah, let's just keep... If anyone else hears an echo, please let me know. But I can hear nothing. Everything seems to be okay. Do you have it open in two windows, Robin? I'm not sure. Mm, yeah, there isn't. Not really open, but... Uh, yeah. No, no, I meant, like, I meant like having the chat open in two windows. You hear, like, the high, hear it in YouTube here and one here. Yeah, um, introduce yourself, mate, we'll, and we'll see how it goes. Sure. So, um, yeah, for those who don't know me, my name is Mark. Um, you might know me as Data Mark. Um, that's my website, actually. Um, being around in the world of Power BI, I always say when Power BI turned from green to yellow, but that doesn't really work anymore nowadays because we're back. <laughs> um, but when it was separated from SharePoint, it became an actual product. So that's, what is it, 2016, 2017? Mm. Um, that's when I finished my studies, started working. And basically, that is how I grew with Power BI. Um, and, and yeah. That's so, when I started blogging, started public speaking, and oh, cool. I would say it kind of escalated a little bit, but in a very positive way. <laughs> so basically for you, Power BI is just like tracking the colors over the time, basically, green, yellow, green. Yeah. yeah. Sort yeah. of. Yeah. You, you, you could visualize, visualize that somehow, I'm sure. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, uh, but yeah, people might know me from my website, as I said, Datamark, but also um, I've been traveling quite a lot through Europe over the past years, although a bit less during COVID, of course, but um, to visit a lot of conferences. Uh, I think my peak is at uh, 2019, where I did 14 different countries in one year, and about, I think it was 24, 25 sessions. Wow. That um, is tiring. Yeah. Might actually be because yes, I'm that idiot that keeps track of it in Power BI. Obviously, it might actually be that I'm going yeah. higher this year because looking at the stats right now, hmm. um, I'm above the trend of 2019. Not bad. Do you like when you do that sort of thing? When you keep track of it, does it kind of inspire you just to do like more? It's like I really want to beat that, and you just kind of book a couple of extra sessions to try and get to that target. You know. I, it depends. Back then I was alone, and back then it was like, oh, it's weekend, let's travel. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah. 
now I got a girlfriend, and she's sometimes like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when are you home again? Yeah. Um, that's fair. Yeah. That's, that's reasonable to think, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I now you just use the argument. Like, what if you just join? <laughs> You can book it some in, in some nice cities. You could basically make it it's like a, a data tour of, of Europe, you know? So you have one, one day of conference, one day of, you know, doing beautiful oh, things in the city. Exactly. Um, so if it's a data Saturday or something, you just have some sightseeing on Sunday in, or either Sunday late afternoon or Monday morning, you fly back. You got it all worked out, mate. I like it. Yeah. See, my experience is, is extraordinarily different because in my life, I've only ever been to one conference. And you were there, of course, but you're, you're, you're at all of them. Um, and it was at Legoland, obviously. And ah. I went there and I felt really bad for like not taking my family because obviously the kids would knew I was going to Legoland and they weren't with me. Um, that was that was that was a hard sell. So I had to spend quite a lot of money on Lego to bring back to them to um, apologize <laughs> for, the, for the terrible thing that I did to them, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, although even if you don't have kids, you will spend a lot of money on Lego there. That's true, actually. That's true. I was when I when I bought it, I was making, I was like trying to do the conversion, like I'm ahead, and I I definitely made a mistake because I spent much more than I actually planned on spending. I was like, yeah. I'll I'll spend like I don't know, like a hundred, maybe less than a hundred bucks, just to like really go out. And it was, it was it was more than that. Put it that way. My calculation was basically divide by t by ten, roughly. <laughs> yeah. So basically, what I'm trying to say is I'm not very good at dividing by 10. <laughs> I'm such a good data analyst, you know? <laughs> oh, man, very cool. But yes, your blog's awesome. And I think you're probably also quite known for your stickers. I mean, your stickers are, are, are quite spread throughout the, um, the Power BI community, I think, right? Yeah, the thing is, I kind of run out of stickers right now. So I don't <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I still remember the day when I first ordered them. I was like, yeah, let's see who's going to like this. Hmm. Then within three months, I'm like, okay, I'm out of stickers. I need to order new ones. Then I ordered such a, such a shit ton of stickers yeah. that I still had them till now. And I think now I have maybe 100, 150 left. Then, then, then it's done. Oh, man, I love it. Well, you know, you had to have, I, I haven't, I think I haven't ever printed any stickers for like Power BI stuff. I remember. I used to have a, a hobby like um, of um, taking photographs of amateur football in Berlin. It was mm -hmm. like probably I found an even more nerdy hobby than than, than data. Um, and I was like, oh cool! So I had a website and I had like a like an e magazine. It was it was okay. Um, and I thought I'll make some stickers for it. And I didn't have anyone check them or anything, so I put the logo on there. And I realized I got a printed the stickers, probably like in like a thousand of them, some some stupid number like that. Mm -hmm. And I realized I hadn't put like any like information about like, what it actually was. I just had like the logo, no website or anything. So I put like this ticket there. I feel like, okay, cool, cool. What is that? What does it mean? You know? So I was sitting there with like 1,000 of the most useless stickers I've ever seen in my entire life. I was like, I think I, I still have them somewhere probably. Yeah. yeah you never know uh, if you need to send some postcards, just put them on it. <laughs> yeah. It's very random. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Um, yeah. You're, I was actually, of course, as I do, reading through your blog and bits and pieces before we went live and um i one of the first articles i found i really liked it was um controlling workspace creation in power bi um how to spread around and the reason i the reason it really caught me it's something i'm i was talking about with one of my colleagues the other day and he was like shall we do it and i was like i don't know that sounds like a bit of a dick move but i think i can see the benefit in it <laughs> so i went and read actually I'll, I'll, I'll post the article um in, in the chat somewhere and um it's really interesting. I like it a lot. Do you um do you still have have opinions on this? 
Well, the thing is that um, it is a one from this year, indeed. Um, uh, I, I'm kind of changing my opinion. I always said, like, just leave workspace creation open for everyone. Mm -hmm. Because especially when my workspace was not accessible for an administrator. Yeah. Um, I think it's a year ago or so. Um, I was always like, just enable everyone to create workspaces because if you don't, they will put it in my workspace mm -hmm. and you can never access it, even though they leave the company if they're on, on vacation or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that changed. And especially now with Fabric, with all these different artifacts that live in the same workspaces, yeah. I'm more like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there's one thing that, that I've been pushing for years for Microsoft as feedback. And that is basically, if you block workspace creation, that's fine. But mm -hmm. what happens if a user then clicks on create workspace? Because the button doesn't disappear, that stays there. They just get an error message that, sa that says basically, yeah, well, uh, your admin uh, disabled this, contact your admin. There are two mm -hmm. things that are missing if you ask me. Yeah, okay, I want to customize that message. Just put a link there, click here to request one. Yeah. And second, contact your admin. Who is my admin? Yeah, who is your admin? That is that is the question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, let me um, customize that message yeah. and just tell them we blocked automatic workspace creation. Click here to request one, and then yeah. under certain conditions, just a, a form or whatever. Um, I was I, I've been discussing this today actually. Um, cool. If it is a pro workspace, that user has a pro license, mm. just instantly create it. Fine. Mm. Nothing wrong with that. Maybe based on a department that a user belongs to or whatever, you want to prefix it or something as a sort of naming convention, fine. If they need premium, they can start an approval flow, for example, in, in, with Power Automate. Mm. Just say, okay, what is your actual reason that you need mm. a premium workspace? You can go through a check there to not overutilize your premium capacity with everything that doesn't necessarily need to be premium. Um, and once that check is done, you click approve and the workspace gets created. That's the kind of thought I'm in right now. That seems reasonable. Yeah. But you're right, actually. I never thought about that because I've, I've never actually done it. I just was thinking about having that option. First time I've really been considering it. Um, but yes, the, the fact that the button still exists and the fact that you just get some random error message is really not helpful. Um, yeah. I was also looking, I was just, I've got admin settings on my mind, man, because I've just been going through and reading a lot, or not reading, or, yes, reading a lot of what we have at, my, my current company and all the different um, bits and pieces that are already set up. Has anyone or have you ever used this display a custom message when publishing a report? Yes. Yes. Uh, so I'm curious, what do you put in it? What have you, what have you done? What, what information um, is there? What we did is uh, um, we put a message there, like this is with a big corporate. So a lot of people and thousands of active users a month. Um, we put a message there like, hey, if you have any questions, reach out here in the Power BI, internal Power BI community, click here to find templates, click here to blah, blah, blah. Right. This is really interesting because that was exactly what I was thinking would be cool for. But I was also thinking, is it not going to be really annoying that every time someone pushes that button, they're going to get that same message? But I thought, actually, I also I don't care because how often, you don't push it like five times a day, do you? At least I hope you don't. Even <laughs> if you do, uh, I don't, personally, I don't see that message anymore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interest. I, I, I feel like, you know, 
a bit empowered to do that yeah. because I was really thinking, could I do that? Because it's a really cool way to get the information across. But I was also thinking, is it also too late to get that message across? Like get templates here, best practices here when someone's literally already finished the report. But it's just another way of communicating, right? So. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you talk about getting templates earlier, then it would be better that if people are signed into Power BI Desktop and they open a new Power BI Desktop instance that just like you have in PowerPoint, then it just shows you, hey, like here are some templates. By the way, here's your organizational template. I guess you could do that if you just saw like like a template, yeah, a, a template um, file rather yeah. than. Uh, fuck. But uh, I saw a message from uh, uh, Kurt in the chat. Yes. Uh, otherwise, all messages would be good. Also, like dataset request option. I fully agree. It's just a pity that it's only available for dataset requests. It should yeah. be there for reports, apps, everything yeah. you can request access to should have this option. Yeah, I agree. Because then you can just tell people like if they click the button request access, okay, go here because mm. this is our identity access management system and follow your request here. Yeah. Because if you configure everything nicely in Power BI with security groups and all of that, um, what happens if people click request access and you click approve, they will be added as a named user. They won't be added to the security group. Stimmt. Damn. We're getting into it already, man. This is so so fast. We're getting into the nitty gritty of admin and and requests and access. I love it. No, no, man. It's my fault, but I love it. Not even my fault. It's just cool. Um, my head in a, is in a much more adminy place than it has been for for probably ever. So I'm just like soaking up all this all this information. So very cool. Well, that, that's it. the good thing of having uh, a big corporate where you run into these kind of problems uh, mm. as one of my clients, and uh, um, also at the same time. Uh, having your own playground tenant where you just switch everything on and off to just try out how it works, what it looks like, what yeah. if, if you switch something off. I've been doing that. Like, so, so when I work, I have like, I've got three screens, but I have one screen is always just my personal desktop and I have two screens mm -hmm. of a work. And so often I spring between, cause I'm, I'm checking this and I go to my own tenant. I'm like, okay, let's just check to see if, if I do here. See, I'm trying to like basically just test in on, on across the two computers, you know? Yeah, it's really helpful. Yep, same. I, well, I, I just have one way too big screen, but <laughs> that works as well, um, I suppose. Yeah. With fancy zones, just make three zones, and indeed, like, just always have one of those zones. With oh, let me just check how that worked again. I, I just don't remember. Let me check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's quite cool. Yeah, I like it. Um, I had a question. I forgot it was egal, and probably wasn't that interesting anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, admin stuff. Oh, man, it was a really no. I want to know the answer, but I forgot what it was. Egal doesn't matter. I'm sure we'll, we'll loop back to it at some point. I got something more to share what I'm very excited about if you talk about admin stuff. You please, you share whatever you want, man. Um, have you seen a new API that was launched together with Fabric? An API that allows you to read tenant settings. That's cool. Finally. That's really cool. Because very often people ping me an email like, hey, can you switch on this setting for me? Like, uh, first, why should I? But second, why do you need this? Third, it is already enabled. Yeah. Um, so yeah. people do something wrong, whatever. And what if you just can create one report mm. that displays the tenant settings, the current configurations, including mm. if it has a security group, like, hey, this is the security group that's linked to it. Put it in a report, publish it to the entire organization. So basically, like letting the entire organization see what the settings are. Yes. You can't you can't change them, of course, but they can see everything the entire setup. That's Just nice. Be transparent. Yeah, that's quite cool. 
You and I think to do that. I think it would also be helpful for the admins as well because I think some people who are admins might just not see every setting because yep. there there are quite a few of them to be fair, right? And uh, imagine that uh, they, they introduced another new feature in the admin portal where an administrator just got to see a pop-up. Um, um, and that pop-up basically shows you like, hey, this is a new tenant setting. It gives a new icon. Mm -hmm. That's already a great step forward. But in all fairness, I'm not logging into the admin portal every day. Yeah, OK. Fair so yeah. with an API, I just save the count of tenant settings every day. And then if that raises by one or degrees mm. by one, it basically if there's a difference between today and yesterday, I got a notification like, hey, there's a new tenant setting. Yeah. I like that. I never even I never thought about that, but that is quite cool. Yeah, now the API is able to retrieve the settings. It's a good idea to have an org visible. These are the yep. exactly. It's not right. read only. I would love to be at read and write. So if you if you're in consulting and you have a new client. You go through some workshops. You just say, "Okay, this should be your tenant configuration." Just hit push, and it's read write everything configured. Yeah. Okay. Like that. Well, wow. You like this is ex extreme admining, which yeah, is but it's just dreaming for now. Maybe one day. Who knows? But no, it's it's yeah, maybe 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 one day. But it's 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 nice to have that vision to work towards, basically, right? Yeah. Very right, cool. Um, yes, also, also Donald's just say he just set up his um, 365 tenant. So nice to have your own free playground. I do think, and uh, people ask every now and then, you know, you know what, you know, if I want to learn Power BI, like what should I do? And I know it's not free, but I do think having your own license is a very good way of doing it, you know? Like have, to have mm -hmm. a pro license is, even if you're on a budget, which of course many people are, fully understand, mm -hmm. Having a pro license, I think, it probably falls within most people's budget, you know. Um, yeah. And just to doesn't have to be doesn't have to be PPU. I mean, it's nice to kind of have that to have that as well. But you're getting started, just kind of want to explore things around and see what you can do. I think having a pro license makes sense. Yeah, but imagine what you can do nowadays with the fabric capacities. Oh, you could already do it with the ASQs in the past, the embedded capacities. Mm. That's, that's what I did. I do still do actually on my own playground tenant. I just have an now a fabric capacity, yeah, which runs yeah. in Azure. I yeah, just yeah. only uh, play uh, run the capacity when I need it, and I got a script that switches it off every night automatically. That's <laughs> because yeah, that's the thing, man. Prevent those things. <laughs> And that is exactly why I will never do it myself. I'm sorry, but I totally understand the importance of it. Um, but I that's a stress that I don't need in my life to like think, okay, have I switched something off? Oh no, I didn't. Here's a bill for one thousand euros. Something like that, you know what I mean? I just I just for me that just makes it a, a just a no. Uh well, been there, done that. <laughs> And I've heard that from a couple of different people, mate. And that's why I'm like, Yo, let's just order the set of caution. I think the kid who I was speaking to a few weeks ago, and he said he did it as well. And he, he said, like, luckily, Microsoft let him use his MVP um, Rabbits, have, yep. from like letting from, this, from the next year as well or something. And I'm like, well, I don't have any of those credits. So therefore, OK, it's out of oh, my own pocket. <laughs> that's one thing. But luckily, nowadays, especially if you run it in Azure, there are a few things you can do with Azure budgets and, and cost management in Azure already um, to at least get a notification if it uh, uh, crosses a certain threshold. Yeah. Um, 
But other than that, I just went for it and, and set up a script that automatically pauses the capacity every night at midnight. Yeah, that and makes sense. The worst thing that could happen is that it just runs um, for 24 hours. Yeah, which I suppose is, I mean, yeah. we've all seen the prices, so it's not that wallet busting, I suppose. But I'm just, <laughs> I just feel I'm just going to sit there with my old school PPU license and, and see how it goes, <laughs> see how it goes, you know works but yeah. also i mean i wanted to I, I mean i couldn't even use the fabric trial because um i was it didn't exist on my tenant mm -hmm. because i and i couldn't work out why it took me ages and it was um shannon Lindsay, yes mm -hmm. who who informed me as to why she was like have you checked is it what where where you um what's the location of your whatever it's called tenant. Ah. thank you yeah and when i was on pro my tenant was on northern europe great I switched to PPU, it was like, it just changed to like Frankfurt, which I didn't even know existed. I mean, the city, of course I knew existed. I'm not like... Yeah, but it's kind of weird that your tenant changes if you start using PPU. It, I, I, that's all I can think of, because it definitely used to be North, I know for a fact it used to be Northern Europe. And I checked it and I was like, why is it not working? I looked at it and, that, and it, it, was, it was Frankfurt. And I was like, well, I didn't change it because I, I would have no reason to. And I can only assume Maybe I'm making that up. That's not that's not the reason. But at some point it did, and I was like, okay, so then no, no premium. For me. Yeah, no those, those local data centers that that Microsoft once set up, which are patched later, or yeah, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're like this dude doesn't need Northern Europe. Let's just stick him on some random Frankfurt one. He'll, he, he, he can survive with that. Um, but yes, yeah, well, so I, I was one of those things. I was trying. I was all the documentation. I was clicking here. And I had the little, everything had changed, but like, I just didn't get those extra, you know, the fabric yeah. capabilities. Still said fabric here. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? Going through all the videos from Guy in the Cube. And then that's what it was. I didn't, I didn't check the documentation because let's be honest, what are you going to do? You're going to watch a Guy in the Cube video. You're going to read the documentation. You're going to watch a Guy in the Cube video. But it's the same if you buy something in a store. What are you going to do? Read the manual, just try it out, see how far you will get. And if yeah. you fail, then you will probably first look at YouTube and then you will finally read the documentation. Yeah. And so many companies know that now. So when the, the documentation is totally garbage, the, the, the instructions are so garbage, and you actually need YouTube to understand them anyway. Yeah. My, the point that I look instructions at pretty much anything is when I'm basically one second away from breaking it. I'm like, if I like twist this one more time, it's going to crack, something like that, you know? So I'm like, yeah. let's just back up a second and yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's just me. Oh, well. Indeed, indeed. Oh well. Anyway, what's your like? What's your like? What's your day like with with working with Power BI, all that kind of stuff? What do you find yourself doing and all that kind of stuff? Well, I, I can actually say that um, my job kind of changed in the past month, month and a half since okay. Fabrics there, especially because I'm, I'm sort of doing a, a roadshow tour to all our customers to tell them all about Fabric. Ah, okay, cool. So I've been on a road quite a lot, um, just doing inspirational sessions for them, tell them all about Fabric and uh, starting cool. up the first proof of concept with Fabric with clients even. Very nice. So that's very nice to do. Um, yeah, it sounds like it could be really good fun, man. Yeah. Well, also some stress every now and then. Like, yeah, this should work. Click the button. Oh, uh, it doesn't. <laughs> it's going to happen, right? <laughs> uh, it's part of a preview. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, that sounds fun. That's, so, that's, that's what I do a lot. Next to that, I have some, some regular work that I still do for clients, which yeah. is for one of my clients. I'm uh, um, one of the global administrators on Power BI. Um, so I have to interact with people from all over the world to 
if they're getting stuck with Power BI, if they uh, need a review of their arch architectural design, mm. those kind of things. Um, I have to say, actually, building reports is getting less and less. There are days that I don't even open Power BI desktop. Yeah. And yeah. I can say that that's the majority of days. Yeah. It's a strange tra transition. I mean, I, I still open every day, but I, I do it certainly a, a lot less. Um, but but you, so you, you're very customer facing. Then. So you're very hands on with the clients and advising and showing. And it's, that's quite, quite good. Do you like that? Is that your, I mean, obviously you do because you like it to your job. So. Yeah, well, there's also a challenging part to it because now recently I started with a new client and they said like, yeah, can we just ping you every now and then when we get stuck in a report development? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Then they ping me, so I'm like, yeah, we tried to do this data. How do we do that? Like, um, yeah, well, can we just share the file with me? I'll try it. I'll just send it back when, when I fixed it. Thank you. Yes, I feel sometimes so bad about doing that. You'll do like a screen share, and then you'll say, okay, can I just click on, click on, sorry, I can't speak today, take control myself and click on some things, and then you're like, okay, and then I'm like, you know, exactly. Today I did, I was like, you know, just, just send me the file and then I'll, I'll do it and then explain to you what it was. Cause it's just, yeah. I, 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 that's one of the things I wish I was better at, to be honest. If there was one thing about, about my performance that would improve was the ability to problem solve without just someone sending me the file, doing myself and showing like just to look at it and then just somehow work it out. But I think that's quite a big ask because it's, yeah. there's gonna be so many things sometimes, you know? But it also really depends on what they're asking for. Because I see, for example, Donald is saying in chat, like a day without DAX is, is sad. Well, if they ask me a DAX question, I will definitely say, just ping me the file. <laughs> That's reasonable, yeah. But if it is, for example, now with a new format pane, people are like, yeah, I tried to do this. I always knew where to find, but I can't find it anymore. I'm like, um, and then I just open part of my desktop on the side, click around a bit. Let's just click there, there, and there, and then you'll find it. <laughs> yeah. This the uh, is it? with mean like with them um, on object formatting and stuff. Yeah. I yeah. just if someone asked me about that, I'd be like, well, the first thing you need to do is you need to go to your settings and switch it off. Okay, don't use it. That's how you want. It. If you want to find stuff, that's what you do. I, well, I, I, I still try to not do that and not advise it because at some point. I know. They will probably say this is the new default. <laughs> so I'm honestly I'm on my second time of switching it off. I think a couple of weeks ago, I'll have a, com a brief conversation on Twitter or something. So what happened, I f it first got released, I was like, cool, this is going to be weird. I'll switch it on. Took a couple of days and I was like, you know what, I can't, I just can't. So I switched it off for like probably a month more. And then I did the same thing as you. I was like, you know what, Ben, switch it on. It's going to be the way at some point. So just get used to it. But honestly, just the sheer, no <clears throat> excuse me, the sheer number of clicks, and I was like, I no. I can't be doing it. I don't care. I'll delay it until like the last moment if that's the new way because um, I can't work with it. But just it's wait till Copilot and then just ask Copilot to fix the shit. Exactly. And be, I'll just be like, also make a voice and more automated. I'll just talk to the computer, the computer do it for me. It's fine. Um, yeah. But it's getting a big update soon, I believe. The fact is, is it already happened or in a couple of days there's going to be a big update of on object formatting. It's going to be much easier to use. So that's something to look out for. You tell me. Yeah. Well, usually Barbie releases in the second week or so uh, of the yeah. month, so that should be this week, but maybe next week. Oh, let's let's see. see. I like this from Kurt, though. I'm planning an exercise where I measure the number of clicks it takes me to make a report with or without on object formatting to see if it actually is more or not. 
I would be interested to see the results of that. I would like to add one thing though, just in case it's the same, just in case I'm wrong. It's also the fact it's harder to like just see stuff, like like read and measures and all that kind of stuff with this little narrow bit bits and pieces. So please do it, Kurt, and the, I'll happily read your blog. What one of the reasonings behind the the new object uh, on object formatting was also mouse movement, not necessarily reducing. That's clicks. true. That's true. And and I think they already kind of achieved the goal. Because it is closer to each other. It's it's next to the visual. There, you don't have to always move all the way to the right. For sure. No, but there are things also that I love about it as well. And that's the fact that if you click on an element, it'll take you to that setting in the in the format pane. That's a nice touch. This is that works really yeah. well. So I don't want to be like a dick and just say to you and say it's all really bad. It's just there are certain things about it that make it for yeah. me. And it's just like it's it's like when they released um, the navigation pane, right? The, yeah. the button. It was so close to being good, but one thing about it made it unusable for me for like a year. So it was so close. Oh, the the thing is, if you know the the name of the setting that you're looking for, yeah, then it's fine. That's true. Because for example, with a matrix or a table, you have that auto size column width thingy, mm -hmm. which is what I usually switch off. Um, <laughs> I had just no clue where to find it. I'm like, okay, auto. Oh, there it is, click. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, with search, everything's so much easier. I mean, I said this a few times before, but it's when they changed the format pane a while ago now. They also changed the name of some items as well. Um, That's more challenging for me than finding the actual thing. Exactly. And uh, it's sometimes, they, and I'm sure there's some logic, I mean, maybe there's not, I don't know, but for me, the best one was when they just changed the width and height of the um, of the page size. They yeah. swapped them around, and I don't <laughs> I don't know. I was typing it in once, and I was like, "Why is my page a weird shape?" And it's because width and height had been basically reversed. Width used to be on the bottom and other way, or whatever. I was like, "That's a strange thing to do. That must be intentional." Never noticed that. Oh, never noticed yeah, that. To be really honest. odd. Uh, one second. Someone's talking about PBIP in the um, in the chat now. Let me talk about that as well. What second? Uh, oh, I actually learned something by the comment of course. You, uh, sorry. I didn't know that it doesn't support sensitivity labels. I learned. I didn't know that either. There you go. Is that <laughs> you look worried about that? Like you rolled something out and you. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. This, this is the next thing that I'm gonna try after this live stream or. Worst case tomorrow morning, first thing. Yeah. Because these are the things like, huh, really? Okay, I need to see this. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. And just in case people didn't pick up on that, yes, I did call it a PBIP. And yes, I will continue to do so. It's a PBIX, it's a PBIP. And also, just say PBIP even sounds nicer than PBIX. So I'm really going to go and I'm really going to upset a lot of people by calling it that. So just just be prepared. It's the it. same, as, same as that we call it Tindall and not TMDL. Yeah. But the creator of Timbal says Timbal, so it's okay to call it Timbal, right? Yeah. Matthias, if, I think if, if, the, if the person who creates it gives it its name, you have to respect it. <laughs> exactly. There you go. So Just call it Timbal. It, it has been declared. But I, they also, in the first session I saw about that, that's equal bits. I was there when they announced it. Ah, okay, cool. They said, yeah, Timbal, Timsel. I was like, Timsel, Timsel, what the hell are you talking about? And then they, 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 I looked at the script, oh, TMSL, Terminal Scripting Language. Then just say that. Yeah. And I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, but when you work in data, it has to be jargon, right? Basically, it has to. There has to be some yeah. form of jargon, 
Um, otherwise, it just it's not a some kind of a data hack conversation. There you go, Kurtz. Kurtz, he's following up. He's informing you as we go here. I like it. He's giving us a lesson. Sensitivity, <laughs> sensitive labels are blocked. Report source control with PBI tools because you can't access the PBIX like a zip. Yeah, but wait a second. Then you're doing unsupported stuff. PBX as a zip. <laughs> See, we're already getting to it now. It works. I know. I've done it many times. But it's not supported. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantasy. It's just getting um, people. Up. But, but the interesting thing now is that he refers to PB, PBI tools. So the big question is, is it only an issue with PBI tools or in general to save as a PBIP for four months? I feel I should send Kurt a link and he can join the chat and just ex explain this to both of us. I'm like, I'm like a, a bystander in, the, in this conversation, just trying to keep, keep up with what the hell is going on. <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> oh man. Very cool. I have a question actually that's different from that. If that's okay. I'll just change the subject as I, as I like to do. Do you have a way of tracking the stats of your drone usage? Like, is there an API you can get to like the height? you've gone to or the distance travel or that kind of stuff. That could, that could be quite cool. Um, I didn't look at the, the at an API yet, to be honest, but I know, I think you referred to one of my recent drone videos. I bought a DJI drone and DJI yes. has uh, locks everything on your account. All the, uh, it tracks all your flights, where okay. it was, how many kilometers, uh, altitude, all of that. Um, there you go. So I would be super, they already collect the data. So why don't you get an API? Everything, everything should have an API. If the data exists, then it should be should have an API. This is this oh, is tell, my. Tell the brand of my car, please. I want to extract all the data from my car as well. That's cool. Do you test that, I suppose, yeah. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I don't like to drive. A, I have a driving tablet. <laughs> okay. So, so but it, it's electric car or? No, uh, I'm oh. uh, driving a hybrid, um, Hyundai Tucson, but. Um, it has all fancy stuff. It has an app. It, I can unlock the car. I can drive the car even from the app if it yeah. is in a narrow parking spot or anything. Just give me an API. Yeah, you have to have an API. I love API. I really, it, I get such joy of hitting like an API and then defeating the API, which is what I mean from, by getting the data. And then um, it's just such a nice experience. Like, oh, it was there and now I've done all it's, it's so cool. But everything should have one. But um, I, I find it really funny when people talk about like the cars and like all this tech stuff they can do like the car that i drive is like by modern standards extremely old school i mean it actually is it's basically i've never i've never even owned a car that beeps when you reverse when you get too close to the object behind you i've never even had that really never had it and like i always find them really funny because i'm i'm watching someone reverse i mean i'm pretty good at parking now because by necessity because the street that we used to live in was like ridiculous like there was never any parking spots so i got really good at my wife's italian and i used to think that she was really good she is very good at parking to be fair she's very good at parking but she does this thing that i didn't know that people do which apparently italians do quite often you just like hit the car behind you you just keep driving until that you hit it and then you drive forward again not hard you don't like drive really you just keep driving until you can like feel your car touch the car behind you and then do the uh -huh. same and and like in Germany, that's really dangerous because Germans have a love affair with their cars that you can't mm -hmm. possibly begin to imagine. Maybe you know already, but Jesus. Like, I remember when my wife was really pregnant once, we got an invitation to uh, someone's car insurance because someone had seen us like touch their car. And I mean like touch, I mean literally touch. And they were saying, oh, this scratch here. 
and the insurance claimant had to go through and say, no, no, that's not possible. This is not possible. So anyway, the point is, it's a bit like a long story, but what I'm trying to say is when people reverse these cars and they go beep, 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 and this noise starts to beep, like basically a bomb is about to go off and there's still like 30 centimeters behind you. I'm like, calm down, beep machine. You still got so much space left. I don't know how you can reverse a car <laughs> with one of those things, man. It's But, but in every car I've had, yeah. uh, I have to say there are all these cars, um, they all had it. Okay. And I was the guy that was like, yeah, yeah, it is continuously beeping. Yeah. But I know I still got 30 centimeters left. Yeah, okay, so fair enough. So. That means I can still reverse 30 more centimeters. So Although it's been... It, it, it's an indicator that even that you have 30 centimeters, but it's really, really stressed about the yeah. situation. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah. But the, the good thing is my current car has 360 view cameras. So Damn. whenever that thing is beeping, I'm usually just only looking at Now, we're, we're still left with so much so, Yeah, that's true. Actually, that'd be quite cool. Now, we're, we're still the couple who basically someone gets out and just says, do you got this? Just just keep coming a little bit old school, you know? Someone standing behind you, like like directing you to, 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 to go back a little bit further. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of have but, a co-pilot. Uh, Let's put it like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, now we're back to co-pilot. Love it. See how that worked out. Fantastic. <laughs> But you're but you're 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 on your bike more often than than ever. I, mean, I see your uh, your post on Twitter like uh, a short bike ride and it was like three hundred and fifty kilometers or something. That is. Uh, I never I've never done more than two hundred twelve. Okay. One ride. Fair enough. So that's still I exaggerated. You called me out on it. It's still quite a lot, no. <laughs> so your 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 life just basically is like trying to collect data about different things. So you got your, your data from yeah. your drone. You want your data from your car. You got your data from I suppose you have some kind of watch tracking thing. I love it. Of course, yeah, of I got a, an Apple Watch, but also I got a, a the GPS on the on the bike. That's what I was going for. Which tracks everything, uploads everything to Strava, and Strava has an API. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way that you said that. It's like, see, Strava does it right. Strava has an API. As should my car. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. That's really. Cool. I just collect all the data from Strava, including kudos whoever gave me kudos who, who commented on it, and I collect all that data. Because, because I can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the the visualization about my life that I see the most is when I log into my bank account every month or multiple times a month, and it has it's it's the the data visualization that I that I loathe the most because it's basically just a line going down from payday. It starts here, then it slowly just goes down as my bank account empties towards the end of every month. I'm like, I hate that data visualization. They like, don't show it to me. I know what's happening. I don't need to have that rubbed in my face every month. I did that a few times to create an export for my bank accounts mm -hmm. and related to my bikes. I basically just create, I, I buy a lot of my bike stuff at the same shop. So I just looked up all the money that I ever spent on that bike shop. Yeah. It's the worst thing I could ever do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Literally. Um, yeah. I've, I've really worked in that bike shop while studying. Mm -hmm. um, it turned out that I spent more money there than I ever earned there. <laughs> So you, you're the perfect employee for them. Yeah, That's more cool. or less. I remember, I think I, I've spoken about this, like the, it's really good, I think, to have like a passion project when you're working with, with data. It kind of keeps you like informed. As to, again, because we said before, we don't really open Power BI as much as we used to. Again, I still do every day, but the more technical you get or you go in different roles, you can kind of stop mm -hmm. doing that sort of thing. So to have data like at your hands to kind of keep you 
informed as to maybe new settings and stuff as Miguel releases new feature. It's a nice thing to have. Um, well, then there's a fun thing. I actually got a, a piece of paper next to me. I'll bring you a bit closer, which has all the tracking of all the board games that I do uh, together with my girlfriend. No way. And I was done writing it on paper. That's cool. Um, so we have all the scores here, pages long. And I was done with that. So I started the sort of uh, uh, cowboy power app developer thingy. Cool. So I now develop the power app to just enter the, all the scores and, of course, build a power BI report on top. That's a cool idea, man. I like that a lot. I like that. I just started this with, with zero knowledge on, on power apps. I just started this two evenings ago. <laughs> and it's working. It's functioning. It's really interesting you bring that because actually, have you seen, um, Kurt um, released an article today or yesterday, and it was basically how playing Dungeons and Dragons has made him a better like data analyst. It's so interesting. It's really funny. Um, it's cool. But so you, you bring up this the kind of like a, a similar topic and like basically how playing board games has helped you develop or innovate this new way of. That's that's quite nice. Had you used power apps before, or did you have to learn it for for this purpose? Um, it's the second power app that power app that I ever built because I did something similar for tracking uh, the kilometers that my girlfriend is driving for her business. Okay. Um, because she has to reimburse all these kilometers, but how do you know how many kilometers she drives? You don't want to every month again go through your agenda, write down sure. where you started, where you went, etc. Mm. So I just told her, what if I just develop an app? Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, then I had to. <laughs> um, so that was the first app I built, um, which was, and of course, it's nothing compared to a real power app developer, but it's super straightforward right. Canvas app. But, yeah. um, just let you enter, uh, um, is it commute or is it business to business travel? Um, where did I start? Where did I go? And what was the starting mileage of my car? And what was the ending mileage? And then it automatically calculates the difference. And Makes sense. That's basically it. Um, but at least the output to get a Power BI report, of course. Of course, um, always. But directly in a format that she needs to reimburse. So she just exports that report every month and then uploads it done. Very nice, mate. I like it. Very practical. See, I've, I've, yeah. power, I've, I've my wife works with Power Apps quite often and she's pretty decent at it, to be honest. And um, sometimes I'll walk in and she'll be doing some work with Power Apps. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I really should get into it a little bit, like just to learn the basics of it, at least, you know, because it's just, it's right there and I just don't. And it's not through laziness. It's just the fact that obviously I've got other stuff to do. Um, and when I first tried to do it a couple of years ago, I was just kind of like, nah, which is not a good reason. It just makes I really felt like a rookie today because basically the one that's giving me the business requirement is my girlfriend yeah. because the, the app for the car tracking is, is, is all blue and white, the standard of car apps. Um, then this app was again blue and right. She's like, no, but now it's hard to see the difference. I want it to be a different color. Yeah. That hey, whatever you want. Sure. Let's change color. And I started changing every object one by one, figuring out where the hell that setting is. <laughs> and then I thought, like, there must be a way to do this differently. Mm. There must be a way. Just like in the old days with Power BI, if you change all your visuals manually and you change the team, then it doesn't change. The visuals that you change manually. Okay. Like, yeah. crap. There must be a way to do this differently. Then I found the team button. Like, oh, really? There's just a team button. <laughs> How did I overlook this all the time? <laughs> change team. Of course, everything changed except a few objects that are already changed manually. Like, it's just like part. Yeah, I hate Finish that. It. Yeah, that's very nice. With manually changing colors and yeah. 
<laughs> that is frustrating. And this actually, what I think about before with with the templates as well. You know, if you if you have a template that you that you load, it can also completely destroy the look of a report if you've basically half completed or like it's finished. You load the template and like, oh damn, this is bad because it's just yeah, yeah, it's not. Then try to go back. Yeah, no, it's horrible. I th- always do is save as first and then change the. Just close it. Just basically save it. Do the template. If it doesn't work, just just close and open it again. It's it's too dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. The um, <laughs> looking at like personal projects and stuff. I remember when I got all my data from Netflix because you do because mm-hmm. you know you, you can you can request that information. And I was thinking this is going to be funny because it's going to include the data of when lockdown hit. So I'm good. The numbers are going to like mm-hmm. just spike ridiculously. Um, but they didn't. They went down. And I'm like, exactly. That was my question. And I was like, this got to be something wrong. And I was looking for ages. And, and it was, really took me like, no, I mean, not long, but it was probably like a good 15, 20 minutes of digging at the data. And that's just what it was. They were the numbers. And I realized it's not that Netflix, well, Netflix did go down. It's that we also subscribed to like five other streaming services at that time. And it was like, oh, yeah. I'm watching that Netflix. Because then we had Disney and then I got Hulu and then I got HBO and all this stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. So sometimes... The fun thing is, is, one of the fun things is everyone is, especially during COVID, everyone was watching Netflix and all these other streaming services. Um, that's the moment that I subscribed to my first ever streaming service. Really? And I just barely look at or watch TV. It's just not at all. Yeah. The only thing I did was watch the news in the morning. That's it. And nowadays, watching Tour de France, of course. Of course. Of course. But that's during work hours. So that's the cool thing of having a big screen. You just put it on the side next to your work. Hmm. Yeah. This is, I think, I used what I used to do was basically like during lockdown was to have something mm-hmm. on one of my screens, just playing in the background, just to kind of keep me sane, you know, cause it was like people who like weren't my family. And of course, I mean that with no disrespect to my family, they're wonderful, but it was just when you, that's all the humans you were seeing in your life all the time. I was like, I want like some different sort of voices and different sort of, sort of movement, you know? Um, and it was like, it was something always just like running. I wasn't watching it. It was just kind of like, just, white noise of like tv show you know yeah. and i suppose a bit of the tiger king because it was locked down and everyone watched the tiger king right so I, I don't know but yeah it was it was a strange and that's the thing sometimes you look you're looking for the data and it's the absence of data which is which is the important part because i was really like why is this not working i was like there must be data somewhere i was like no no the data is in a different place it's on a different streaming service so uh yeah what are you gonna do <laughs> Oh, every year you also got it with Spotify. Every year you get a uh, yearly roundup at the end of the year. That is true. Which or creates a sort of playlist with all the crap you listen to throughout the year. Yeah. But I'm the, um, I'm the only human who doesn't use Spotify. I, really? I, oh, that, that's one of the subscriptions that I do. Have. Yeah. See, I, I'm subscribed to Napster, which no one uses. No, I know it by name and that's yeah. it. No, it it came with it was I got my phone contract like years ago and I refused to change it um because it's a really they gave me like a crazy good rate um and I forget why they give it to me but the, every year I get you can change to a new contract and I look at them all mm-hmm. and I'm like nope not changing keep keep what I have because it's really good you're not going to get me that way um and yeah. it, it came with Napster so that's I'm the only person I know who basically uses Napster Google Play Music really I don't that's see I've known. Is that a thing? 
Apparently, I, I knew that. I thought I thought it didn't work anymore. Should you can't? You, I'm sure Google have discontinued that. Kurt, are you are you are you joking? Or how that, I'm pretty, that's they used to have. Does Google Movie still exist? But do you remember Zune? That that one service that Microsoft once released. Yes, the classic, <laughs> the Google Zune. That was like a com a competition to the um, the uh, the iPad or something. No, the iPod, right? Yeah. Yeah. That 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 worked out yeah, well. Yeah, iTunes. I think it was iTunes and Zune. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah. it's, it's YouTube music. They were both applications, and, and then they also released a physical device, right. which connected only with you. Yeah, and that was competing with uh, with the iPod. That was the one. Never, never had it. No, never had it. I think yeah. the last the last device that I had that actually played music was probably, I mean, other than like radio, obviously, was like a like a mini disc player back in the nineties or something. No, Discman, where you put in CDs. No, no, like, like the, the, the mini, like, like the, it was like the kind of like half cassette, half CD. It was like these tiny CDs, like in a little, it was mini disc, right? It's only mini disc. I'm, I'm, I didn't, I didn't imagine that. That definitely existed, I'm sure. I had one of those and like, that was it. Oh, I had an iPod. I, I remember. iPod Shuffle I remember as well. that I had a, a Sony uh, um, where I could put in CDs, actually, physical yeah. CDs. Yeah. Um, but you could and after that, I had an MP3 player that just and, and just a little bit too big MP USB stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was really happy that I had one with 256 megabytes. Yeah, <laughs> I love it, man. I was looking at the, the I was gonna buy like a um, like an SD card for my camera, and I was looking at it and I was like, mm -hmm. and my what I've always done in the past is just get like basically the largest SD card that I can that I can buy. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do it this time. It's getting ridiculous. Like, why do I need like a, whatever it was, a 256 gigabyte SD card to put in my, it's like, it just, I'm never, ever going to use that ever. Um, I, Until you have a drone or a GoPro or a, that, that creates movie in 4K. And that's why I bought a, a, a micro SD because I've got like a, um, like an Osmo, like a, um, a yeah, I got one. DJI Osmo. Yeah, which I love. It's really good. And the kids love it as well. I I do have a drone, but I very rarely. We had this conversation on Twitter like a, like a month ago, mate, right? And I don't use it anymore because it just got too terrifying to fly. I always thought that the, the police were going to show up and arrest me because the rules were so ridiculously strict, you know. But yeah. Maybe. Wait a second. Rules in Germany is a thing. I know, right? Shocking, isn't it? Shocking information. Yeah. If you look at the no-fly zone in in Berlin, it's basically like. Pretty much the entire city, um, yeah. Especially, of course, because the the Bundestag is there, so you can't fly anything within six kilometers. And I've, it's not like it's a, it's like this tiny little thing. You know, like, what am I going to do with that? What, what's this? It's like the tiniest drone, man. It's like a DJI Spark. I think they don't even make them anymore. So all the drone that I have. Um, but anyway, it was just it yeah. just got too much. It was good fun, but too much. Gonna do? Oh well, we'll see. I bought it now. I use it a few times, and uh, let's see what my experience will be. I, I hope you love it. I'm in, I'm enjoying the the, the photographs and the, and the videos that that you post um, for sure, mate. It's 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 quite cool stuff to kind of watch you flying around. I didn't put everything online yet. I, I recently created a new one in the Italian Dolomites. I put them on my private YouTube channel. That's huh? slightly different than my work YouTube. Channel. Okay, I'll I'll do some terrifying stalking and find it. Don't worry. Oh no, I'm happy to share it, but I just have to look at the link. Oh, good, mate. I am. Um, I, I have to ask the, the the standard Power BI question that I always ask, and also justify speaking about Power BI again because I, I I love ranting on and rambling as much as the next person, but just uh, one more Power BI thing. 
if you had if you had to change one thing about Power BI, just not to be Power Desktop, anything, not including the things that you've already mentioned, by the way, because they were good ideas. If you could ha choose one thing, what could it be? Just totally putting you on the spot there. Um, I used to always say, give me proper version control, but I cannot say that you anymore. You, they've, um, they've stolen your good answer by actually doing it for you. How dare they? I, I have to come up with a better answer right now. Yeah. I just um, I thought I'd put you on the spot. I could I could provide that question in advance to like just the only question, uh, but no, it would be less fun for me. You know, it would be boring. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it's a very generic, broad thing, but no, I got something better in mind. Do you know the new domains uh -huh. in uh, that come with Fabric? Yeah. Um, they kind of already announced things that are coming mm -hmm. in this area. Um, the first thing is already there that you can delegate the admin control if you want to enable fabric to the capacity administrator as well okay um so you can basically set a global setting and then you can delegate it that um capacity administrators can derive from that mm -hmm. i want that for every single tenant setting on domain level That's a big not one. on capacity level on domains did you just pick? Yeah. Did you just pick something that doesn't even exist? Yet? So you're preempting a setting that's going to come soon. Is that we did. I'm well, I'm very impressed. There is a sort of sign that they're working on these kind of things <laughs> on the public roadmap. I'm very impressed, mate. Um, but that that says that they're and actually the the, set, the setting on the public roadmap says it's already there. And I'm like, no, there's just one setting I can delegate, and that is if fabric is on or off. I want it for everything. Everything. Yeah. And why? Because I think it's weird that if I uh, uh, configure a tenant setting, I can set up a security group to make an exception. Mm. That means that if I set up a security group and I include you in it, that you can, for example, with export to Excel, mm. the most loved and most hated feature at the same time. <laughs> um, either you can export everything or you can export nothing. Mm. But what I want, I want it to be based on the data. So our finance data is super sensitive, so you could not export that, but all your personal stuff, do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So if I put all my finance data in the finance domain, all the finance workspaces in the finance domain, and I can say on the finance domain, these are the settings that apply. But on all the other uh, uh, domains, it can have different, conf different conf configurations. Makes sense. That's what I want to add. That is, that is, that makes a lot of sense. I fully support that idea. Um, good. I like it. I agree. That could be cool. The only thing is I'm just very bad in filling in ids.fabric.com or ids.fabric.com. I stopped doing that ages ago. I felt like it didn't make any difference, to be honest. It's like, I mean, I'm probably... But that's not really the thing for me. I just tend to forget always my username and password. <laughs> and then they <laughs> okay. mess up. Then they messed up the entire structure of that uh, IDs of Parbia.com site and they, they merge things together again and, and whatever. Um, yeah. And then I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, just not going to do it anymore. I can understand that for sure. Look, Kurt saying this is not the purpose of the IP and DLP with labels, though. Yeah, DLP data loss prevention policies. Yes, it partly is. Um, but that doesn't control all your tenant settings. Because yes, you can do that, for example, for exporting data and all of that. That that works perfectly fine with DLP policies and, and Microsoft uh, information protection. Um, but uh, I recently had a case uh, where I went through our own 
internal tenants headings of our company. Mm -hmm. And what I basically did is switched off, for example, the usage of uh, custom visuals and in specifically the use of HTML visuals. You switched it off? Um, yeah. Very sad. <laughs> no, it's very good. You've broken my heart. Um, <laughs> the only reason why is um, to kind of yeah, practice what you preach. So we tell our customers to, and we advise our customers to do certain things. Mm -hmm. Why won't we, won't we do it ourselves? Um, so what I wanted to do is, okay, you know what? Custom visuals are disabled unless we kind of do our internal check and then we upload it to the organizational library and then you can use that visual, um, which is fine. But then a, a, a colleague reached out, yeah, I wanted to use the HTML visual. Like, okay, sure. What did you build in the HTML visual? Yeah, I just did an external connection to this and that. And like, that's exactly why I switched it off. I don't want you to create external connections from visuals. Mm -hmm. and those are the kind of settings. Mm. So exporting all of that is, is what you can prevent with DLP policies. Um, but other tenant settings are not always related to the policies that, that are in, in information production, I, like usage of custom visuals, like yeah, probably a few other things. I You can use Azure Maps, Bing, Bing Maps, whatever. I, I just, I'm sure you, you can present all the, all the sound intelligent reasoning, but uh, uh, a company with no denim just makes me sad, mate. It just, it just, <laughs> I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. Sorry, sorry. No, it's okay. No, I, it's, it's, I'm that guy that, that um, some people might love it. Some people might hate it. I'm that guy just doesn't ask for permission. I just do it mm. and then ask for forgiveness later. Yeah. So I do have admin, admin controls and I'm like, yeah, okay. You know what? Mm. If I ask some, somebody where we should disable this, probably they come up with tons of arguments why we shouldn't. Mm. What if I just do and see what happens? <laughs> I like the thought that on some day you just wake up in a bad mood and you're like, no, you can't have this. I'm taking it, I'm taking it away. <laughs> <laughs> no, usually I just check with the counterparts yeah. um, to just not really randomly switch things on and off. Mm. Um, but there, there has been a case in the past where I did this on the client. In collaboration with a client, we just sat, uh, we agreed all together with the head of data together, like, let's just switch off export to Excel for one day and see what happens. It just, yeah, yeah. And I, I, yeah, okay, I came up with the ID and they agreed with it. So. And you did it? Yeah, we did it. Well, uh, hell broke loose. Yeah, I can imagine that. <laughs> I think I've never had so many emails in one day, but uh... okay. I love the way basically the, the, the chat kind of preempted you there. Robin, you're talking about um, using export to Excel and yeah, basically also could everyone's dream just to remove the ability <laughs> to, to um, export to Excel. You know what that I, I kind of, I kind of came to terms with that feature to be honest, because at least it was clean. You know, like basically going to Excel, connecting to a Power BI data set. And I was like, you know what? I can live with that because yeah. oh, I also don't know about it. No one's contacted when, me and saying, oh, can I please have this in, in, in Excel, which obviously breaks my heart. They just do it. Well, it's not that I'm against Excel, but I, I come back to an earlier point. I want to be able to customize every single error message that people can get, which is related to tenant settings. That is like, like export to Excel that I just can tell them like, 
Um, I see you want to export to Excel. I rather advise you to start using Analyze in Excel. So if you just click there and there, you can use Analyze in Excel. Mm. Yeah. No, no, it's that keeps the connection to the data. It doesn't yeah. create a physical export. Yeah. No, no, it's true. and it's it, it it encourages. Let's just say it encourages the best practice. If you say something encourages best practice, it's already justified. You can see, I've done it for a good reason. It's a best practice now, and if you call it the best practice, it's the way. Kurt is saying the same thing. Live connect to Excel tables and analyze in Excel should be the preference now, and yeah. I fully agree. Yeah. No, I agree with that for sure. Yeah, and and if you now just block exports, then people get mad. Well, if you get the ability to then just say, hey, you just clicked here. Mm. We don't allow you to, but this is your alternative. Yeah. This is, much but sorry, I brought this comment up before, but I didn't read it fully. I apologize, Robin. Um, when people do that and they basically they do an Excel, they, they say, I can't do that in Power BI. So then I'll do an Excel anyway by exporting it. And then they go with slightly different numbers. This is because you get an Excel and then you do a little bit of Excel with it and you're whatever. This is that's always that's always an issue to be honest, um, but this keeps being an issue, do? and that's why organizations should set up endorsement um, to say, yes. okay, this is certified. This is the only version of the truth, and everything yeah. that is derived from this is not. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or basically, just don't trust anyone who rocks up to a meeting with an, with, with Excel and saying, "I got this," and this is my figures. Basically, like no. If you go to a meeting to have, have one person who has the figures somewhere like on a computer or on a Beamer or whatever and say, this is what we're talking about, not yours on, on that computer, these ones right there. It's, it's too yeah. much. Yeah. But I think so, yeah, endorsement is a, is a great tool, but it comes with a lot of um, enablement and adoption. You need to teach people what that label means. Hmm. You need to, 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 to make them understand that Certified has a meaning, promoted has a meaning, no label also has a meaning. But that's such a classic thing though, like having something that has meaning, but like basically educating people of what that is. I mean, part of actually like transferring that information. Oh yeah, we'll put it in documentation. Oh, I'll put this message here. Or, you know, you can have it in some kind of information somewhere inside reports even, you know, but still it, to transfer that information to the majority of people is, is tough. Yeah, and this this comes down to, if you, if I may conclude this, like think about your tenant settings, think about you, how you're gonna enable and uh, support your users, and how you're gonna basically let them grow in the world of Power BI. Yeah. Because I've seen so many organizations that are like, oh, we have Power BI, let's just switch it on. Everyone has Power BI now, and then yeah. becomes one big mess. Nobody knows what they're looking at. <laughs> Nobody knows what numbers to trust. Yeah, it can happen. Yeah. For sure. Oh. Yep, you're right. I think no one's going to disagree with that, mate. So um, it's a good point to leave this conversation on because you made a well, you've made many good points, but that was a tough one. So um, thank you for, for joining, mate. So I really enjoyed the chat and um, pleasure with all mine. Good fun talking about stuff that also wasn't Power BI related, like drones and cycling, all that kind of stuff. So um, everyone in the chat, thank you very much for questions and comments and making it always even more fun. I will be back next Thursday. I've forgotten with whom because I have a terrible memory, but I will be back anyway. Um, Mark, thanks again. It was awesome. Thanks all. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye.